Welcome to the Willingdon On Mission Podcast, a place where you can hear stories of how God is working and consider how He might be calling you to engage in His mission. You can find other episodes online at willingdon.org. Now, here's our host, John Best. Welcome to the Willingdon On Mission Podcast. My name is John Best, and I'm one of the pastors at Willingdon Church. Today, I have the opportunity to sit with a guy named Jeremy Viss. Jeremy works for Compassion Canada. Hi, Jeremy. Hey. And uh, Compassion Canada is an organization that Willingdon Church very excitedly has started a, a partnership with. And so I'm excited to, to have this podcast be one way that we can continue to, to inform our people and, and inspire people to engage with compassion. Some of you may remember, if you're, if you're from Willingdon, you might be listening and you're not from Willingdon, but if you're from Willingdon Church, you'll, you may remember that in October of 2016, we had a, a big weekend, a launch weekend with Compassion, where we had the Compassion Mobile Experience parked in our upper parking lot. That was neat. 3,000 people went through. It's a, a very interactive, tangible glimpse of the life of a Compassion child. Uh, we also had a guest speaker named Sean Groves come and preach during our sermon during our services. We also had a uh, banquet, and Barry Slawenwhite, who's the president of Compassion Canada, showed up and was the speaker there. So we had a wonderful time that weekend. About 400 kids got sponsored from uh, from from people around here. A lot of Willingdon people, and then some others that that showed up for that weekend, and uh, which is just wonderful. We, of that 400, about 135 children were sponsored from a cluster of seven churches in a city called Fortaleza in northeastern Brazil. And one of our, one of our hopes is to build real relationships with these seven compassion centers in Fortaleza. So I had the opportunity with Jeremy to travel in June of 2017 to go and see all seven of these compassion centers in Fortaleza. Let me tell you, I was very, very impressed with, with what I saw and uh, thrilled to be able to partner with these uh, compassion centers in Fortaleza. One of the reasons that I pushed a partnership or that we've been working at a partnership with Compassion is the, the idea that I would love to have Every single person at Willingdon be engaged in God's mission in some way. And, and there, are, there are some points of engagement in global mission that Willingdon has that are very strategic and very wonderful and not that accessible for the, the broader church family. And compassion is one way that many, many people can engage in God's mission. Child sponsorship is, is one of the core ways that compassion functions. And so for $41 a month, you can engage as a sponsor of a child in some other part of the world. And uh, it's, it's really being a missionary to a kid. It's, it's an opportunity to, to really have an impact in their lives. So there's a little preamble. We are thrilled to, to have a partnership with Compassion. I want to continue to see it grow and would encourage any of you who are listening who, who aren't yet sponsoring a child to consider it. It's a very worthwhile missional investment. And uh, let's have a little conversation here, Jeremy, about yeah. 
what do you do and, and why is compassion a, a, a useful point of engagement? What, mm-hmm. And so I've just got a bunch of questions that I'd love to ask you. The first one is yeah. this. What is, so maybe I'll give just a little bit more context. Compassion has what they call compassion centers. Compassion centers are run and based out of a local church in the, in the context wherever they are. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's these compassion centers that children come to. What do compassion centers do? What happens at a compassion center day to day? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And, and you say compassion centers, and, and like you say, really what we're talking about is churches in these communities. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting to kind of unpack a little bit of this because people, like you say, this is an act of mission that we're inviting people into when we invite someone to sponsor a child. And it's not always thought of that way, right? So it's, it's, it's cool to kind of show how that, how that is, how that looks. So, so a compassion center is essentially, it's a local evangelical church in a community that's affected by extreme poverty. And what they're doing is, is with, in partnership with compassion in their country, uh, they're given resources to reach into their community, find the kids whose families are are most affected by poverty and start to serve them. And so they invite the kids to essentially come and take over the church building uh, six days a week. If they're not in there worshiping, it's it's overrun by hundreds of kids at a time. And and the church, you know, their classrooms, their sanctuary, their all their facilities become become essentially a child development center. And so, like I say, on any given day, you could have one, two, three hundred kids in a lot of these places, uh, along with with tutors who are volunteers from that church, uh, who are spending time with them, and uh, and discipling them, and and really knowing who they are. And that's a real gift in a lot of these communities is to be known, because a lot of the kids that that are growing up in these communities, uh, they get lost. You know, they they slip through the cracks. There aren't a lot of of uh, of resources and programs. And so if you're not known, it's easy to, to kind of slip through the cracks, like I said, right? So these are places that know these kids and are keeping track of their, their uh, you know, how they're doing in school, their, their medical history, all that stuff. And, and even more critically, I think, taking, taking special attention uh, on, on their spiritual development and, and how are they doing? Do they know who, who their heavenly father is and, uh, and what that means? And so, so they spend uh, a, a typical child in a compassion program would spend two or three days um, at the compassion center at that church uh, doing Bible lessons, getting their health checkups, getting, being fed healthy meals and all that kind of thing. On the on the note of being known, mm-hmm. when we were in Fortaleza, I, I remember being at one center and scanning the list of donors. Because one of the, one of the privileges I had was to look at these lists and say, "Oh, I know that person yeah. from Willingdon. Oh, I know that." So I, I remember seeing my parents' name, yeah. and uh, and and we we said to the the workers at the compassion center. Hey, this is these are my parents who are the sponsors. Do you guys know this this girl, Kalina? Yeah. And they lit up. The 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 workers said, Oh, we know Kalina. She is so wonderful. She's seven or eight years old. Yeah. And she loves to sing. She's got such a beautiful singing voice. One of the workers said, Sometimes I just phone her up and get her to sing for me. <laughs> so I was yeah. so and so they phoned her up and she came over and we got to meet her, which was neat. But what impressed me was the, like there, there are literally hundreds of kids yeah. at this center, and 
I am sure that they've got similar stories for many of these children, that they, they yeah. really, really know them. Yeah, she was one of, I think, 400, right? Yeah. And, and it was, yeah. It, they didn't have to look up the records to find out, <laughs> does she like singing? They just knew right away, and they knew how far away she lived and her family situation, and, and she showed up in like 15 minutes or something, right? Yeah, they it was go awesome. And, yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. Who are the kids that go to compassion centers? How do you decide which kids will be in the program? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so once we've, once we've identified a community that we want to have a presence in and we've identified who are the churches that have a passion to love children and, and to carry this out with us, once that's kind of set in place, then, then we equip the church and we say, you go into your community now uh, and find the kids that need this. And so one of our first policies is that 80% of the kids that come into our program need to come from a non-churched um, home. And so that's, that's by design. That's because we're being really intentional that this is a missional activity. It's also, it's designed to push that church to make sure that this isn't just about taking care of their own kids, but we want to push them into the community and make sure that they're reaching beyond their own walls. Uh, and so the church goes into the community. They have their own staff uh, or their volunteers are equipped to, to find the kids. Our baseline is that we're working with children whose families live in extreme poverty, which is generally... Uh, generally defined by a family that's that's income is less than a dollar twenty five per day. Um, so these are the kids with the greatest level of need. And so when a church opens up the project, they're they're equipped to go find those kids. They look for the ones kind of at the bottom, the ones that are that are the most desperate. And then as they grow and as they open more space, they they invite more and more kids in into the program. So so that's kind of a snapshot though of the family or or the of the setting where the, the kids are coming from. Mm, thanks. Mm-hmm. So child sponsorship costs $41 a month. I think there's also a $51 a month option. There is. For, for you know, the platinum package yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, can you just tell us, what is that money used for? Yeah, absolutely. So, so one of the cool things with Compassion is we're able to track the dollars um, from, from our sponsor's bank account into the accounts of the church where your ch- sponsor child is engaged. So we have a, a clear audit trail end to end. Um, we're, we don't hand money out to families. Um, we, we, we found that that money doesn't get used very well when we, when we do that. So the money ends up in the account of the church. They have very clear reporting and auditing processes where, where we know that they're going to spend the money properly. It's not going to pay salaries. It's not going to build facilities. What they're doing with that money is investing it into the development of that child. We talk about holistic child development as what we try to accomplish. And so each church uh, has to report on four different areas of development. So, so we talk about uh, the physical development of children, uh, the intellectual development, the social and emotional development, and the spiritual development. These are our four quadrants of human development. And, and those are the things that, that often get stifled by growing up in poverty. So we want to we do whatever we can to make sure that a child has a chance to develop in all four of those areas as they grow up. And, and so the church is responsible for essentially looking at a child and saying, what, where, do, where do they have need? Where, are their, where is their development being stifled? And how can we come alongside and help them grow and help them develop and so and so we we provide a church what we call freedom within a framework so they could say in this community we don't really need a lot of food there's there's plenty of food but there's no schooling and so we're going to deliver education and it might differ from one center to the next but they they essentially need to show compassion how they're going to spend the money 
and then spend it. So in a lot of places, kids are receiving a meal. Most In most cases, they'll receive a meal each time they come. Uh, they'll receive a medical checkup, you know, regularly, all that kind of thing. Uh, each child in the Compassion Program receives a Bible, and as they grow, they receive different Bibles, you know, age-appropriate Bibles as, as they're growing up. And so, so, but it's the church spending that money on your behalf for the development of that child. That's helpful. Mm-hmm. How do you decide where you'll work? I mean, you've already talked about extreme poverty, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of extreme poverty in the world. Are there mm-hmm. any parameters that, that you'd like to define that, about how you actually decide where, yeah. where you'll be? Yeah, I mean, it starts at the level of, of deciding which countries are we able to work in. How many countries are you in? So right now, Compassion, Compassion International is in 25 countries. Um, and so that they're somewhat evenly spread across the globe. So a lot of those are in Latin America. Uh, there's seven or eight countries in Africa and, and, and a handful of countries in, in Asia as well. Um, so there's a few things that go into whether we can work in a country. One is compassion works exclusively through the local church, right? Like we said, all, those, all the nearly two million of our kids attend a local evangelical church. So that, that means that if a, if a country isn't, uh, doesn't allow the church to operate freely, um, then that makes it really hard for compassion to operate in that country, right? So, so we need churches to be able to operate. Um, we need a government that's willing for us to to bring money into the country without taking half of it, right? So, some reasonable and fair tax laws. But, but within that, uh, if there's an, an willingness and a desire among the churches in that nation for us to come, then then we'll try to be there. Um, so we're in those 25 countries. Once we're in the country, then we're looking for all of our staff or nationals from the country, right? So we're looking to leaders of denominations and, and church movements in those countries to tell us this is where we need to go. Uh, we don't come in with a, you know, with a North American and say, this is where we want to, we want to serve. We, the countries, our, our staff in the countries tell us, hey, this is the part of Brazil that really needs what you're doing. And here's where the churches are. And they go out and find those relationships. One cool thing is that we're not really, we don't, even at the national, at the country level, we don't look, we don't push ourselves into a community. We only go where we're invited. And, and, there's, there's thousands of churches right now on waiting lists that are, that are approved and equipped to start doing this. And they're just waiting for us to, to have the funding for them to start doing this. So, so there's a lot of demand because churches see what we're doing and they see it as a really great way to expand. Like I said, we're, we're helping them get outside their doors and into their community and affect really significant change. And so churches would love to use this tool, right? And so, so we want to expand that as much as we can. And that's why we go after supporters here so that we can send that funds so those churches can do that. One of the things that I like about compassion, that I respect about compassion, is that you actually want to know objectively whether or not what you're doing is actually having an impact or having yeah. the impact that you think it is yeah. having. And so you've you've even had independent research organizations have a look and yeah. and do sort of an audit, so to speak, mm-hmm. of, of what you're doing. Can you... Just give us a glimpse of what research has shown yeah. is the long-term effect of being a compassion-sponsored child. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there's a really neat story, actually. There's a, uh, a, um, a professor of development and economics in the U.S. 
a number of years ago that wanted to do a study of child sponsorship because he saw the number of dollars that were going into child sponsorship globally and he, he just wanted to know, are they, is that affecting anything? And so he uh, set some PhD students to work and he approached a handful of organizations that, that facilitate child sponsorship and he said, listen, what I I'd like to do is study what you're doing and, and see what the effect is. And so um, most organizations said no to him and, and compassion allowed him to essentially we open the books and, and, and work with him to facilitate that study. And so what he did is he found uh, close to 10,000 individuals. Uh, about half of them were, were formerly sponsored children in about four or five different countries. And, uh, and then he kind of looked at where they were and, and how they were doing and compared that to peers who were either in a different community that Compassion wasn't working in or in the same community but had been too old for the program or various reasons that they weren't in the program. And so he compared life outcomes and what he found was really significant to the, to the point where he, he had trouble uh, finding credibility for the results that he found because what he said to us is the, the amount that you're investing doesn't usually move things, move the dial as much as it is for these individuals. And so what he was finding, and unfortunately I should have brought, I don't have the stats at the top of my head, but, but the, the significantly more likely uh, to have salaried employment, um, significantly more likely to have completed secondary education and some, and some post-secondary education, significantly more likely to be leaders in their churches and in their communities, um, and, uh, and, and there's a really great, actually, if you go into the Christianity Today's archives, you can find a really good article outlining his whole journey through the process of, of studying this. Um, what's really cool about it is that he came to the end of the study and he sat down with some leaders from Compassion and he said, you know what, I've studied your program and I can see that it works um, and it's really remarkable. And, and from his perspective as you know, someone who studies development, he said, I, I, I'm not understanding why. It works the way it does. And he sat down with a gentleman named Wes Stafford, who was our CEO of our international organization at the time, said, explain that to me. And Wes said, looked him in the eyes and said, the difference here is hope. He said, we're not just feeding kids. We're not just giving them education. You can do all those things and not move the dial, right? He said, what we're doing at the, at the, the bottom of it all is we're giving children hope. He said, there's millions of these kids that are literally growing up in garbage dumps. And when you grow up like these kids do, the message that you internalize from a really young age is that you're worth the surroundings that you're growing up in and no more, right? If you're surrounded by everything is broken all around you and everything's garbage, then, then so are you. And so that's the message that kids internalize by the time they're six, seven years old. And so he said, if you can feed those kids and you can give them access to school, but if you don't change that story that's going on inside their head and give them a better story to listen to and a better voice to listen to and tell them, you know what, you're actually seen by your heavenly father and he knows you and he cares about you enough to do something about this. Um, if you're not changing that, and that's why we include that spiritual development component. That's why that's so important to us. That's what, that's what makes the change. And, and, and we had this experience when we were in Brazil, right, of talking to kids who had graduated and had, and had been part of the program. And you asked them, what was the most important part of this whole experience for you of being a compassion child? Mm -hmm. And they, they don't point to the meals. They don't point to the textbooks or the school uniforms. What they point to is the gospel. Yeah. They say that someone told me that I had value. 
And someone somewhere in the world cared enough to prove it to me by sending them, sending their donations, by sending letters to me, never met me, just suddenly start getting these letters that say, I care about you and I love you and you're beautiful. When all the voices around them before that said, you have nothing, you're going to amount to nothing. You know, how powerful is that? So that's right? a, a great segue into a question that, mm-hmm. that I have about writing letters to your yeah. sponsored children. Uh, what's the benefit? What, yeah. Like it's one of the it's one of the things that you can do as a compassion mm-hmm. sponsor, right? And mm-hmm. it's encouraged, but but why? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good question. I was actually um I signed up, I sponsored a compassion child when I was nineteen years old, I think, at a youth event in Kelowna. <laughs> and and I sponsored this guy in El Salvador all the way through and, and really I cynicism set in for me and I, I kinda I got these letters from him. I wasn't a good I didn't write a lot of letters, unfortunately, for this guy. And there was a part of me that just kind of assumed those letters coming my way and those pictures were just to make sure that my money kept flowing back, you know, uh, just kind of an add-on to make sure you feel good about your donation. Uh, until I went and I started meeting kids when I started working for Compassion, started meeting these graduates who, who told us what those letters meant to them. And we go into their homes and we'll, we'll say, hey, do you have a sponsor? Yeah, I have this person from Washington State or wherever it is. Do they send you letters? Oh, yeah. And they run off and they come back with a stack of letters that are wrapped up in a towel that they had stuffed into the rafters of the roof so that, you know, they wouldn't get damaged in the flood or whatever. And the, like, they, they treat nothing with, with the care and attention that they treat these letters. They are just so critical. We, we, uh, we were in Ecuador a year ago and, uh, and we met a boy who, who lived by himself. His, parent, his mom had passed away and the church hadn't figured that out yet to intervene. And so he was living by himself and the compassion staff said to him, what do you do at night? Cause this isn't a safe neighborhood. He said, well, I'll show you. And he took her into the house and he, he locked the door. Then he went back into the next room, which was his bedroom. And he closed that door. And on the back of his door were all the letters that his sponsor had written to him were pasted up on the, on the door and spilled over onto the, onto the wall, actually. Wow. He said, every night I close this door and I read those letters and then I feel safe enough to go to sleep. For kids that have nothing and, and, and believe these, these awful things about themselves, to have someone, you know, people ask me, what should I write to a, in a letter to a five-year-old in <laughs> Colombia? <laughs> you know, it, it literally can just be, I'm, I'm praying for you today. And I love you and I think you're awesome, you know, and I'm proud of you for still being in school, whatever it is, right? It doesn't have to be long, but some, some way to, to encourage and to speak into a life, speak into that, that heart that is tempted to believe that they're not going to amount to anything and that there's no hope for themselves, you know, to, to just bring a little dose of hope to a scripture or something, you know, that, that changes everything. We met a, a graduate in Fortaleza. Mm-hmm. Who, who had a sponsor in North or South Carolina for many years. And the sponsor wrote every single week. Mm-hmm. This, this girl who had graduated from the program said, every single week. So that's a pretty high bar. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> um, but she, what she said uh, is something that I'll never forget because she just said so many times the letters came just when I needed it. Mm-hmm. And so the words of encouragement, the words of prayer, the words affirming that she's beautiful and loved mm-hmm. were just what was needed. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit clearly, clearly orchestrated mm-hmm. that and clearly worked through them. So let me just take this moment to any, anyone who is a sponsor 
right now, go for it. There's mm-hmm. <laughs> just write a note. I, mm-hmm. My family has a, a sponsored child in Brazil who I got to meet. Her name is Anna Beatrice. Mm-hmm. And uh, just today I popped in the, in the mail uh, a birthday greeting and some oh, pictures yeah. of our family. And it's just awesome to be able to actually have a real relationship mm-hmm. with, with this girl in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Jeremy, for, yeah. for opening up a glimpse for us of, of there's far more we could talk about. Yes. I mean, we, we traveled to Brazil and we were there for five days or so and we talked nonstop about yeah. the work of compassion. So if you want more information, more conversation, come find me or find Jeremy. I'll put you in touch with him. Yeah. Happy to do that. Um, Compassion is a, an awesome, awesome ministry. They they use three C's to define their their organizational focus. Uh, we won't talk about them right now, but they are these: they're child focused, mm-hmm. which is kind of obvious from the stories mm-hmm. that we've been telling. They're church based, which we've also said, and they're Christ centered. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of those things are are things that I saw personally as we were in Brazil. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Thank yeah. you for your ministry. Definitely. And uh, may the Lord continue to use you in awesome ways. Yeah, thank you. And if I could put in the plug, if you want to, if you do want to learn more, and you, you're looking for where. Um, Compassion.ca. If you're in Canada, you can you can dig in a little bit and, and read some more stories and, and how we do what we do because, like you say, there's a lot more we could unpack. So, Compassion.ca or if you're in the US.com. Perfect. There you go. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Willingdon On Mission podcast. We hope you have been inspired by your time with us today. To learn more about Willingdon's outreach ministries or to hear more episodes of this podcast. Find us online at willingdon.org.